TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Stories of that game and what happened in the clubhouse is just fantastic. There's no game that can bleep you like this one! <laughs> it's Roycey on Baseball. Let's go here. Twins, uh, Washington Nationals in for three. They're, uh, they were pretty much a cinch to make the uh, postseason about a week ago, and then they had a little four-game winning streak. They ran into that Atlanta buzzsaw. Yeah. They finally beat them on Sunday, but uh, that's quite a ball club. And uh, the uh, then the Twins have to go to Cleveland. So this is the week that was right here. You got to... You got if you split the week, you're good, right? If you win, I think so. Yeah, you beat the Nats twice and Cleveland once, you're okay. I think so. so. Yeah, very good. Uh, but uh, it's not going to be easier without Michael Pineda. Ooh boy! Twins fans having a lot of the the hardcore uh, cheap polad crowd having a uh, a field day with the fact that this proves that they should have traded for a starting pitcher even though hardly anybody did trade for a starting pitcher. <laughs> but, see, this they should have known that Pineda was going to use a, use a uh, diuretic that, uh, uh, that can be construed as a, as a masking ag- agent and, get, yeah. and have your best starter tossed in the uh, – but I, I think what this does, Manny, is pretty much as fun as the season has been – and the way they're banged up now, it pretty made me. It was very difficult to come up with a scenario where they would advance to the World Series before this. I yeah. I, I don't think that scenario is exists anymore. No, it's gonna way. it's gonna be really really hard. I thought maybe you, they would have an outside shot against the Yankees if they get matched up with the Yankees yes. in the LDS, but. Even the Yankees, uh, you wouldn't need Pineda. You would need Pineda to, to beat to beat the Yankees. Uh, the best thing about Pineda was, I think that having been around him some, I think he's pretty unflappable. You know, yeah. I I think he's got his nerves do not come into the picture like Barrios's do. So uh, he, he he had a chance to, you know. Go into Yankee Stadium or wherever and go five and a third and give up two runs. You know, it is, I'm not sure anybody else can do that. It is pretty amazing that the guy that was coming off Tommy John and, you know, a situation with his knee mm-hmm. last year, the guy that was kind of viewed as like the number four, number five guy mm-hmm. in the rotation, just suddenly fast forward to September and he's out and you're like, oh my well, God, what, what, what are, are they going to do, do without this yeah, guy? What are they going to do? You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they sign him. Yeah, they they probably he should, missed, right? He missed uh he'll miss the first thirty seven games next year. Mm-hmm. So uh I mean they got, So they get him back about May first. Well and they're gonna have they're gonna have some openings in the rotation oh, if they don't my God, you know yeah. Oda Rizzi. Well right? they're gonna have to bring back Oda Rizzi, don't Gibson, you think? You know, I Gibby mean, is probably iffy. Yeah. Gibby's iffy. Yeah, Martin uh, Perez. They got to make a decision on if they're gonna. He's got an option, right, for next year. Yeah, they'll probably, they'll probably. Might have to pick. Might have to they'll pick probably it probably pick it up. I tell you what, though, I love baseball. I was on the. We we left last Thursday. My sons and I went to the games Tuesday and Wednesday in Fenway, and then we came. We got out of there Thursday. Yeah. Basically, not because we didn't want to go to the game, but economically, another night at 
the hotels in Boston would have <laughs> would have caused me to uh, have to rob a bank. But anyway, uh, the I but when I was on the air with uh, the afternoon show, they uh, Rami or Robbie or Petey or whatever the hell his name is. Rami, <laughs> so yes. He said, uh, uh, the Sheik, I call him, or uh, the Pharaoh or some damn thing. Anyway. Uh, said to me, well, you're at the game tonight? I said, no, we're going home. I said, I didn't want to watch Martin Perez pitch against the Red Sox. It'd be like watching people kill baby seals, you know? (laughs) And then he goes, goes six six innings, two hits, one one run run to Mookie, and a cheap home run by Mookie, too, right? Yeah. On the right field line or something. But, Pat, he's the weirdest guy ever because how do you get – how do you get – Pounded by the Detroit Tigers the weekend mm-hmm. before, Just and then go into Fenway and go six six <laughs> innings and give up one run. Yeah, if you're Martin Perez, it doesn't make any it's sense. By the way, I don't know if uh, Rocco gets enough credit. You know, I'm the anti opener guy, mm-hmm. but uh, and it, it was the game they lost, the opener game on that Wednesday in Fenway when he used Dubnik. But to put him out there and then get a lineup from Boston because he never said he's an opener. You know, he mm-hmm. just said he's a starter. And they looked at him and saw, okay, he was a starter and the minors maybe starting. And I think they had five, four out of five hitters starting with the Benintendi hitting fifth that were lefties. Mm-hmm. So he had Dobnik get through the first inning and then brought Lewis Thorpe in and gave yeah. Thorpe a chance uh, now, if you other the the other thing is high strung guy that Thorpe is, he probably would have thrown up on the mound if you'd started him. But you sneak him in, you give him a left hander, he yep. gets the first guy out. It uh, so that was a that was a wise uh, move. Now, of course, he screwed up Sunday because he tried to get two innings out of Dobnik <laughs> as the opener, and it didn't work out. So. But I thought, I suppose, after Dobnik only threw eight pitches the first inning, he thought he should. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to see uh, we're gonna see a few openers from these uh, boys in the last three weeks. Right? Probably. Right. So many guys banged up. and Gibby, uh, it'll be interesting to see Gibby. What an eventful uh, week for uh, Gibson, huh? He, his wife has a baby. Uh, he's got colitis. And, yeah. Uh, he's getting skinnier by the day, and uh, it'll it'll be interesting. But what a, what a kick in the shins for for the Twins after this uh, fantastic season. And also, Manny, I think this proves that, you know, if you relax a lot, you take a day off, and you think it's going to make you more productive to come back at – no, it doesn't. You just you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna trip. You're still gonna trip over the curb. Yeah. Whether you uh, whether you're rested and relaxed or not, it's amazing how many injuries they've had. After I've never been around an operation that tried to protect itself from overuse like these guys, and now everybody's hurt. Everybody's banged up, and it seems like everybody has had a moment this year where they're dealing with. Something. I mean, Kepler and Polanco have played the most games, and Kepler's now got yeah. Polanco. They're both. They're both. You can see it. Yeah. You know the one guy who hasn't been hurt all year, Castro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy coming off the knee surgery, surgery knee last surgery year and everything. Only played seventeen <laughs> games last year. All righty. Well, uh, we got Tom Kelly coming up, and then Tim Kirchin. So enjoy it. We'll have some great baseball conversation here in a moment. 
Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952 952- 925-5608 and set up your 48-minute no-obligation consultation. Call 952-925-5608. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Call Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Tom Kelly is with us, uh, real kicking the shins for the Twins, this Michael Pineda thing. He'd been pitching uh, so well for them, and uh, starters are hard to find, man. One thing we used to always say, Patrick, and we still do, is that you, if you think you have enough starting pitching, get some more. <laughs> That's I right. used to say it all the time to McPhail and Terry and... and uh, I continue to say it, and uh, because you never have enough, never, never have enough, and unfortunately for uh, Big Mike, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, uh, I, I now maybe I'm wrong, but I had him penciled in as uh, opening day for the playoff if yes. we managed to get that far without getting the cart before the horse here, but yes. uh, uh, I I thought. He would be the best choice to start the uh, playoff series, but boy, that blew up, and uh, I think uh, may have sent people scrambling some down there. Yeah, well, and uh, you know, think about him. In addition to the way he was pitching, he just—he didn't seem like the personality that would get all worked up because he was pitching game one. He, he's kind of a unflappable type of guy, and that would have hurt. I can see that. I—I kind of buy his excuse that now it's—it's it's stupid to just take something that somebody happens to hand you. But I kind of buy the idea that he would, he's a little big and a little heavy. And as a heavy guy myself, you'll do almost anything to lose a few pounds, you know? So, yeah, I, uh, I, I take that same medication. Is it the hydrochlorazide? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I have that for my, my, uh, heart thing here. And, uh, uh, I'll, I'll let you know this. It doesn't take any weight off. <laughs> it sure. it uh, takes some fluids off. I yeah, guess. you end up going to uh, the potty room. That's about it. <laughs> All right. Well, it's it is unfortunate for them, and now yeah. it becomes more important than ever that our young man Barrios uh, start pitching better. Actually, in uh, Boston, I kind of like the way he used his changeup, and uh, I thought you know if it wouldn't have been for old Mookie, he might have had a pretty good night. I thought he threw it a little better there. I definitely thought he threw it much better than he did his previous outings. Uh, I, I thought he had good zip and life on the on the fastball. Uh, I still think that I, I still believe there's two seamers there that he throws this two seam fastball, and I, I'd really like to lose that pitch. But overall, I thought he threw the ball much better. So let's hope he's uh, on on the right path here to. Uh, uh, to improve and get uh, better, and especially at this time of the season, and potentially what lies ahead 
in the future. So let's uh, let's get him going in the right direction. I think he made a good step the other day, even though, like you pointed out, uh, Mookie uh, had a had a shooting gallery. <laughs> boy, oh boy, he hit those two. You know, Mookie, you're, you're the top of your lineup's pretty good when Mookie's your third best player behind Devers and Bogart. So this year, man, alive. Yeah, they're uh, they have some talented young people, and and uh, again, uh, potentially they're uh, uh, you know can score a lot of runs. But uh, we're done with them. But the the, uh, <laughs> the bottom line is pitching, pitching, and more pitching. So I think the better our starters can do, the better chance we're going to have here in, in hopefully future. Uh, Brios, I th- thought, didn't throw quite as many of those two-seamers. I thought he traded in some change-ups for those, but maybe right. I'm wrong. That, I never... That's true, yeah. uh, but there were still some, and, mm-hmm. and I'd really like to eliminate those. I, I, I don't know. I'm stuck on that. I, I just can't get off it. Uh, I think it's a wasted uh, energy and pitch, and, and uh, I don't think he gets too much out of it. Not that I can see. Six is about the backs for Odorizzi, but I thought he really had good stuff the other night. He had some uh, serious zip on the ball, I well, thought. Well, he, he throws he was throwing that high fastball, <laughs> and as we all know, it's, that's the toughest pitch to lay off as a hitter. And uh, they kept swinging, and he kept throwing it. And uh, and uh, give him credit for that. He, he he recognizes what's going on, and and uh, if he sees something, he's just going to stay with it. And and uh, uh, just a good. Uh, he's a seems like a cerebral guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, nice. I'm talking to him, and and uh, uh, he, you know, saw that they're chasing that fastball up, and it's and being a former, I don't know if I call myself a hitter or not, but. Uh, I went up there a few times, and that's the hardest one to lay off. And when I started managing in the minor leagues, I I used to push. Uh, we had guys that would chase that all the time, and, and everybody did. Mm-hmm. But uh, I used to push the bill of their helmet down <laughs> so they couldn't see it. But, uh, <laughs> Hoping they were good in their eyes. Would... Do some of that because they, boy, they chased that high one. But do you uh, do you agree that there's more high strikes available now too for the ump? Are you gonna you gotta be more careful on that pitch because they might call it a strike more than you know ten years ago. Well, that's true, and uh, but the hitters are looking to elevate the ball. Sure. From my understanding, they're trying to hit it up in the air and have it travel. And uh, so they see it up there and say, oh, boy, here we go. You know, so uh, they chase. But that chasing that high one has been going on for oh, yeah. a, a lot, a lot of years. <laughs> oh, and, yes, uh, yes. So, uh, you know, it's it's built into the hitters. They see it good, and, and the problem is it goes by them too quickly, and, and they can't get the bat up to it. But uh, especially with the, uh, as Bert points out, the uppercut swing. But uh, uh, again, so we get you get a lot of swings and misses, maybe occasional foul ball here and there. But uh, there's a lot of swings and misses, and and as you pointed out, the umpires are are, are looking up there a little bit more now because everybody's sort of pitching up there some, and uh, uh, so naturally they're going to get a few more calls on, on on some strikes up in that area. But uh, and but for the most part, hitters uh, are swinging at them, no question. So uh, the uh, the Cleveland uh, outfit. What do you think of the long-haired kid, Clevenger? 
Well, I could write his name down. <laughs> I'd write his name down. If they let me write it down every other day, I would. Uh, he's competitive. Uh, he looks like he wants to get after it, and he has a lot of gyrations. And he's coming at you, you know, and, and uh, he gets your attention, and he's got a good live fastball, and and uh, he can spin it, and he throws a little bit of a sinker change-up type thing he throws, and uh, he's a talented guy, and... and uh, I wouldn't have any problem right now, that's for sure. <laughs> You'd think if uh, Danny Salazar hadn't come back down with the bad shoulder and Carrasco hadn't uh, uh, come down with the uh, a, a disease that he has and Kluber was healthy, uh, that guy'd be your fourth starter. That'd be pretty good. Boy, what a country. <laughs> yeah. uh, but unfortunately, uh, these sometimes injuries are part of the game, as we all know, and we have to just keep pushing through them. But uh, and, and they're doing something good over there in Cleveland. There's no question. They're bringing these uh, pitchers along. They all look somewhat the same. Uh, Plutko. Yeah. Savali. What is his name? Savali, yeah. He's, yeah, he's and, good. And they all look relatively like the same guys, but they a little bit different here and there with their pitches, but they, they all wind up the same pretty much and deliver the ball same and and uh so they're doing something really well over there in cleveland you got to give them a lot of credit to bieber uh, they're bringing them along very nicely the minor league system now we all love eddie rosario as a character and as a as a talent and uh he can make dynamic plays but uh man he's back to swinging a lot of bad pitches if you ask me I, he's uh he's something he's got a yeah he's been having a little bit of a hard time uh, with the bat, but uh, he can get hot, as we all know. So I think we're all waiting for the uh, hopefully the proper time comes along and he can get going. And and uh, but you notice it a little bit more when when you know Sano's not in the game and Kepler and Cruz and and, <laughs> and Cruz. So you you know you notice things a little bit more. They they come out a little bit more and you, you notice it, but. Uh, during the course of the year, we've had so many guys that were swinging the bat well that somebody was having a little bit of a hard time. It really didn't get noticed much. Yep. So, uh, but being that we have some people that not in the lineup now, you know, these things these things pop up and you see them more readily. But uh, uh, Eddie's very capable of getting uh, red hot, and so uh, I guess the word is patience. The uh, when he when he goes chasing that thing out on the you know beyond the other side of the plate uh, that gets him in the pop up uh, range there he's hit a lot of pop ups yeah. to the left side lately yeah. yeah and again patience patience <laughs> we know he can do it it's not like we don't know he can't you know he's he's done these things before and it's got away from him some and and uh, I he did get one hit the other day I thought that might help. Uh, get things going a little bit of a dribbler through the I think it went through whatever it was yep, but I right. thought that might get him going and uh, but it did not but uh, sometimes you get these bloops or something you hit the line or something and have one dribble through or an infield hit or something and and before you know it you got three or four hits that day and, and uh, you know all is forgiven but uh, that hasn't happened but he, he can do it no question 
Uh, you pointed out the Twins are done with the Red Sox. I was there with my uh, sons for a couple of days sitting in the stands this week. And uh, managing in that ball yard, is it a – it's baseball, but it's different, isn't it, with that geometry in there? <laughs> oh, gosh. We – you know, there was years we go in there. It was a little bit rough. <laughs> I remember that day-night doubleheader, and I've told this story before, but I, I think I had fast – Freddie Tolliver. Yes, right. And I think Jose Parra, was it? Yeah, right. I had to pitch a day-night doubleheader. <laughs> and there, they had Dewey Evans and Garcia Parra. And, oh, God. <laughs> so uh, they beat us up the first game. Uh, they beat us up the second game. And in between, they fed us. <laughs> <laughs> but we got, boy, that was a long day of getting beat up. I mean, my goodness. But. Uh, trying to win a game in, in, in Boston is always a challenge, whether you have a, a, a real good team or maybe one that's maybe not so good. And and I remember one day, you remember the old groundkeeper over there, uh, Joe Mooney. Who yes, passed. right. But uh, me, we, me and him were pretty tight. I needed a favor one day, and he did me a favor, and I, I, put, I think I put a 20 in his pocket. You mm-hmm. know, and ever since then, I was the main man. I <laughs> You know, because he just run out to Suffolk there and donated back. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, <laughs> the ra- the horses. Yeah. yeah he he'd run. He sneak over to the racetrack. You know, and 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 make a donation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how he he sneak his head in? I said, "How'd you do?" <laughs> no good. <laughs> Always no good. So <laughs> it was funny. One day, I it was a Saturday or Sunday <laughs> afternoon. We were talking before the game about how long the games are getting and, yes. and this and that and the pitching changes. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> during that game, I think I went to the mound seven times <laughs> and changed pitchers in, in an effort to try to match them up and win. Yeah, yeah. And, and we did win. Oh, really? And, uh, but the seventh time I'm coming back to the dugout and they're all laughing in there. And I'm going, <laughs> that's so funny. And... And and they said, here are the phones for you. <laughs> and it's Mooney. <laughs> and he said, how about walking in a different spot? You're killing my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> They're all laughing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is the eighth inning, and he's calling me in the dugout. <laughs> walking in a different spot. Oh, oh man, uh, back when I started in the late 70s and then later on, they had some characters running around that ballpark working for the old Red Sox, man. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> you know, there's so much history there. And, and you look, you know, when you walk in the place, you know how you would walk in or yeah. I walk in. You, I don't know if many people get to see that area. And it's it's a little, it looks, you know, you, you're always looking over your shoulder a little bit. <laughs> you don't know what's coming around the corner, but... Uh, it's dark and gloomy in there, and, and uh, uh, but it's got, you know, once you walk out to the dugout or the field, it's just magnificent. It's just a magnificent place to be able to play ball. I don't know if I was a left fielder, I like it, but that wall's great, too. Cause well, you don't have ball... to run too far. You just turn around. Yeah, you know? Right, yeah. Well, Eddie throws a guy out at the plate. That's the only park in the world where you can do that. Cause you're... And that was, boy, that was some throw. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, you know, you see an outfielder throw the ball, and, and you know, he couldn't, you couldn't have handed it to the catcher. 
I mean, that was some kind of throw. What uh, What do you think of the catching system of, of having two guys that basically split the job, even though one of them's hitting home runs all the time? Uh, Correct. But they certainly both look fresh when they play, don't they? Correct. And uh, I felt a little bad for Castro there a couple a week ago, whatever it was. He had, I think, Gibson beat him up. Had it more than <laughs> Yeah. Gibson beat him up, and then Barrios, I think, pitched behind him and. He beat him up. <laughs> oh, my God. I said, he's going to need a couple of days. But he got uh, hell beat up. Yeah. Lack of another word. He, he he really got beat up, and I sort of felt bad for him. But uh, the system is working. There's no question. They both have loft. Uh, or, well, I don't know lofty is the right word, but uh, they've both been very, very productive and, and uh, done an excellent job. Uh, especially with the bats, and, and uh, so you, it's hard to argue. But I personally would rather have uh, a number one guy and a number two guy. Uh, that, that's just me, but this is this is working. There's no question. Uh, so I, I looked it up, and I told Rocco this yesterday. Uh, Earl Batty had the record, you know, uh, 26 home runs by a catcher. Organizational record, by the way. The Washington Senators' record for a catcher in – 60 years was Earl Batty with 15, mm. and in front of the next guy had six, some guy from Leighton. So uh, they had a lot of defensive catchers there, apparently. But Earl started 142 games at catcher uh, that year. That uh, double headers, everything just beat the living hell, but he yeah. played every day. Yeah, I, I know, I, I just felt that having some familiar. You can say the word familiar, familiarity with the uh, all the pitchers, staff and the bullpen, and uh, um, I, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to argue. You know, it, it's you know you have your feelings and your beliefs about the game, and uh, I do. Manny does. So uh, you know, you like to think you're somewhat correct, but uh, uh, there's always uh, a different thought, and uh, this uh, with those. Two players, uh, Castro and 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 Mitch. Uh, it's uh, it's working. It's a uh, good good system, and and uh, so you have to go with it. No question. Hey, this Duffy kid who's like become almost the number two guy in the bullpen. Uh, where'd that fastball come from, man? He's he's had the good breaking ball, but he is confidence. throwing the hell out of it. Confidence, oh. confidence, and more confidence. Uh. And you talk about comeback player of the year. Yes, it might be right. him. He's. <laughs> He's been just uh, terrific, and as you pointed out, he's uh, elevated himself to the uh, role of uh, the tough spot. Let's put it that way, pitching in a tough situation and and uh, where you're really counted on to get something done here. And and uh, the manager has put him in that spot now, and he's earned it. And uh, uh, you have to give the kid a lot of credit. He's really come along. And uh, he just looks so confident to me. On yeah, the right. He, you know, I think he's he a little disappointed when he he threw the ball in the dirt the other day. Yeah, right. But, uh, I was just hollering, throw the fastball, throw the fast, and then he throws three right, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, threw, threw it right by him. I, <laughs> I mean, he's probably kicking himself uh, for not throwing the fastball, but uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, he bounced one that that cost us. I think he came up and down seven times last season. Well, I, I think it was seven. I, I mean, was it, was, there. He wasn't there. He was there. it was the you know, Duffy Express, so much, you know. But, uh, 
uh, he was up and down, and, and I think he's up now for good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's been real good, and uh, it is though. I did. I tried to do something on this the other day. They convert so many starters to relievers now. Yeah, if you come I, up, if you uh, come out and get them out, you you got to develop some starters. Don't you? I think so. <laughs> I, I I just wish I, they, it it goes on. I think it goes on everywhere too, but uh, everywhere else. But you know, we pull the trigger pretty quick on on guys and. I know. I was screaming when they moved uh, Taylor Rogers. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to see. I really thought May could be a starter, and maybe I'm wrong. You know, yeah. I could be wrong. I, I'm, I was wrong a lot. So, uh, but they really pulled the trigger. Now, the, the, the young kid, uh, Gratterall, uh, uh, I still hope he's going to be a starter. Yes, they say he is, but. It seems like if you get six straight outs, you're a reliever. Yeah, I don't so know. It's, uh, um, but they recognize or they see in their stats uh, that they're better suited to be a relief pitcher. But somebody's got to be a starter, and maybe we wouldn't be in the situation. I think that most uh, Major League Baseball is in where we're searching for starters. That- Everybody needs starters. I believe there is uh, one player on the 40-man who is healthy, who is not here. <laughs> it's, they were in that Fedway dugout, Tom, and it looked like a, uh, oh, it was unbelievable. That's yeah, like, the worst dugout to start with. And, uh, old Tiger Stadium was, yeah. uh, you know, between that and Boston, it was tough duty. Uh, I remember in the playoffs, uh, what was that, 87? Yes. Oh, my God, was it crowded in there. But it was so damn cold, you know, you sort of like, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it was tough maneuvering, and, and especially Boston, and it's hard to see because of the angle and the, and the depth of the uh, uh, the dugout where it's at, and, and uh, so it's hard to see to start with. Detroit somewhat was somewhat the same, and and uh, but boy, it get crowded, but there was still no better place to be. Good memories. I've always said those five games against the Tigers are the best the Twins have ever played. Well, it's very possible that's uh, correct, and. <laughs> And uh, the boys, everybody they did play. They yeah. they really played. They were running around and run the bases. And I remember hitting and running and 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 guys just going all over the place. The ball was getting put in play, and we were getting productive outs from you know guys like Loudner and and uh, that weren't maybe the best hitters ever, but they could get the bat on the ball and make something happen and make productive outs and advance runners and this and that. So. There was a lot of good things happened uh, in that series. There's no question, and we really did. Think, well, the boys did really play well. There's no question, and, and what got lost in all that shuffle, then Pat, I think, was the bullpen. Those yes. guys were terrific. They pitched terrific. Danny Schatznader and <laughs> people like that were just fabulous. That's right. Thanks, Tom. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Very good, sir. All right, the great Tom Kelly. Uh... Longtime Twins manager in 1987. Uh, I've always insisted they go into Detroit's won 98 and they've won 85. But although that's kind of phony because they clinched it on Monday and then lost the, you know, they yeah, they kind of uh, crawled in after after clinching it. That was one of Sparky's best Tigers teams oh, aside from the team, team that won it in '84. Right. Right? Alexander hadn't lost, and these guys beat him right off the bat. Yeah. And then they had Jack and. And they were, they were really good. And uh, 
Gagne was fantastic. Gaetti was fantastic. <laughs> Bruno, I think Bruno might have been the MVP of the of the of the ALCS. Of the ALCS and uh, they and they caught everything and they, <laughs> they got hits when they had to. And the only way they lost the game was uh, Reardon gave up that that home run to I can't remember who it was, but that's you know like game four or mm-hmm. game three and then they came back and beat them the next i think was was it game three or game it might have been game three three yeah and then they came back and won the day they outplayed them the whole yeah. five games they played great uh and as i recall they then won the world series also if yeah. i'm not mistaken it's a nice little run there in 87 yeah, yeah. all right we'll be back timmy kirkjian Tim Kirkjian is with us. Tim, uh, David Dombrowski, uh, 12.07 a.m. on Monday. I got a small announcement for you, uh, fellas. We have fired the president of baseball operations. And what's interesting is apparently Alex Cora had no hint this was happening. Yeah, well, not just the vice, the president of baseball ops, the guy whose team won three straight American League East championships <laughs> yes. and the World Series last year and was nine games over 500, not 29 under <laughs> when he got fired. It's just another reminder, Pat, how difficult it is to be a general manager today, especially in Boston where no story is a small story. Every story is big. And most important, when you have a payroll like that, and you have a demanding fan base and a sophisticated fan base and impatient owners, you better win no matter what. And it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. That's one reason he's gone, and it's a reminder to whoever gets that job next. First off, there's a big rebuilding in my in, that has to be done, I think. Big decisions to be made, but more important, they better understand this is a short-term job. They, uh, I'm wondering now, this is just a wild one, and Dabrowski, but one of the older guys in that job, he he was accepting of analytics. Was he all in enough? Did he have young brainiacs coming to him with great plans that he was ignoring, or do you think this is just strictly, uh, why did you give Chris Sale $150 million and we didn't win the pennant, so... Yeah, I think it was a little bit of everything, but I don't think he was accepting enough of analytics. I don't think he was accepting enough of the people that work around him. Pat, when we first started covering (laughs) baseball, well, I'll use the the wrong names here, but it was was the manager and Howard Fox. That was the organization. Yes, right. (laughs) That's how you ran the team. For me, it was, you know, Hank Peters and Earl Weaver. That's how the team was run. But now there are so many people that work for these organizations that you have to know what's going on in every baseball ops rooms. And there are a dozen of them, if not more. And that's what I don't think Dave Dombrowski did was I think he insulated himself and said, I'm in charge here. And Tony LaRusso is with me. Nothing against Tony. He's brilliant. But I think he, he needed to talk to more people in the building, at least. That's the way it was explained to me. So I came away from spring training saying this. If you say something anti-analytics uh, and you're a 60-year-old scout, you're done. You're done. You're, you're, you're finished. You'll never, never work again. But now I've decided it's more than just keeping your mouth shut and going with the flow. I think you have to 
demonstrate that you're all in on analytics is, is my, my opinion on this. If you're not all in on analytics or there's some perception that you're not taking all this advice, uh, you're done. Yeah, Pat, I'm with you on this. And this has been my concern now for a few years that we are throwing everything into analytics. This is the answer when it's not the answer. It has great answers in it, but it is not the golden goose. We have not figured out a better way to play the game, evaluate the game. In fact, I think we've gone the opposite direction. But if you're not all in, you're in trouble. I had a I had a, a coach tell me who's, who has interviewed for several major league jobs. He said, I, I just think I'm too old to do this. He's 46. <laughs> He's too old to do this. 46. What he, re- what he really meant was my, my beliefs are too old. The way I look at things yes. is too old. I have not joined the revolution, and you're not going to get hired anymore if you haven't, not just as a manager, but as a general manager. Well, and, you know, Paul Molitor got fired, actually won 70, manager of the year the year before, and then won 78 games with a bad team last year, no pitching. And and he took all, you know, listened to all the analytics guys and let them come in the office and give them their advice. But I think I think it's like, Okay, but he's not really fully embracing this, you know, so we got to get rid of him. That's uh... right, and that's how it works. I asked somebody the other day who should manage the Phillies if, and I'm not saying it's going to yeah. happen, if they replace Gabe Kapler, who's one of the great, you know, sabermetric managers out there, and it's a big sabermetric organization. I said, who would you who would you hire to replace Gabe Kapler? And the guy told me, I would hire the new hitting coach, 75-year-old Charlie Pat, <laughs> that, That's not going to happen. No, that's it's not. one guy, a smart guy in the business who told me he thinks that would be the best direction for the Phillies. And yet that's, there's right. no chance that's going to happen. Charlie uh, Manuel, who is one of my favorites, uh, you know, first was a twin in the big leagues, and I got to know him well. He's coaching third base for the – he's managing the Portland team and coaching third base for the Twins. And the, the, the famous story about him is uh, they look down to Charlie for the sign at third base, and he uh, he gives him back like he's looking through a periscope, <laughs> you know, pointing towards – that was Charlie as a hitting coach. Hit it, he, was, he was in the launch angle before anybody thought of it, you know, just hit it out the ballpark but uh right. he had a he just had a different phrase for it pat that's yes. the difference i remember 2008 world series joe madden was the manager for the rays and he he's a brilliant man pat you yes. know that his vocabulary is off the charts i have to look <laughs> up stuff after his press conference so i wrote this just little thing about the difference in the speech of these two managers and charlie of course the monosyllabic manager of the Phillies, and I went to him afterwards and told him what I'd written, and he looked at me and he smiled. He said, Tim, nobody has any trouble understanding what I'm saying. (laughs) His point, simplicity sometimes is the way to go, and I think we've gotten so complicated in our game now that we've gotten away from something that's right in front of our face. Yeah, he's from the hills of West Virginia, uh, and the uh, Cornbread Charlie, they call him here. So, uh, 
Big kick in the shins for the Twins, this Pineda thing. Woof. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, best pitcher on their starting yes. pitcher on their team for the last month at least, if not longer. Oh, yeah, and, since the All-Star break for sure. Yeah, and he's had some, some big starts. He's pitched in some big games in his career. He might have been a little bit more ready to pitch in an October game than maybe some of those other guys, and now that's not going to happen. So I'm amazed with the resiliency of the Twins so far, losing Cruz and then getting them right back and things go wrong and suddenly the Indians make a charge, but this is going to be tough to overcome, but this is just going to be a case now where Brios and Odorizzi and the rest of them are going to have to get much better. That's just how it's got to be right now. Yeah, and Barrios uh, pitches uh, tonight uh, against Washington, and uh, he's uh, you know he's he's had six in a row, one pretty good one, five not so good. Although he threw it a little better in Boston, I thought, but uh, he's got to you know he's he's got to now be your number one and uh, be mature about it. But uh, you know Cleveland, uh, Cleveland is uh, you think about Cleveland. I mentioned this to somebody else. If if you had Kluber and Danny Salazar's shoulder hadn't gone out and Carrasco didn't have his ailment, uh, he'd be your fourth starter. That'd be pretty good. That would be pretty good. <laughs> and right now, by the way, Mike Clevenger is your number one starter. And Pat, he deserves it. He's yes. 11-2, 272 ERA. I don't see many good swings against that guy anymore. And if, if the Indians make the playoffs, and it's a big if because – the A's are good, and the Rays are really good right now. Um, I still wouldn't want to face Clevenger, Bieber, and anybody else that throw out third there. That's still a pretty darn good rotation. Okay, give me the rules for next year, September 1st. Is it you can only have 28 players in your clubhouse, or is it you can only have 28 for that night's game? My understanding, and I'm not positive, is you can only have 28 for that night's game. It's like the taxi squad in football. You're allowed to dress for the game. You just can't play in the game. And that makes all the sense in the world. I told you this, Pat. I did a game from the booth last year in Philadelphia in September. And I asked Gabe Kapler, so what do you have in your bullpen tonight? He says, we have 17 relievers ready. 17 <laughs> Well, the Twins have 21 pitchers right, right now. They have 17 relievers like every night. But here's the deal. Here's the deal, though, Tim. You cannot, if, you're, if your goal is to keep teams from having 12 relievers, you got to somehow make the guys, the starters that aren't starting, ineligible. for the, you, You're going to have to name your 28 for the start of a series or something, aren't you? Yeah, yes, you have to designate, I'm not sure when it is, whether it's nightly or the start of a series, who is available tonight. I'm not real wild about any sort of taxi squad situation. No. Anything that gets too close to football I don't think is a great idea for baseball. However, we, we just can't go with we have 38 players available for tonight's game and 17 of them are relief pitchers. That's too much. It's something that should have been changed years and years ago. And I'm thankful this is the last year we have to deal with. Where did this Cardinals team come from? I mean, I know the young pitchers, Flaherty and Hudson, have been fantastic, but uh, I don't get it. I look at that club, and it doesn't doesn't impress me that much, uh, certainly the lineup. But, uh, man, alive, they're playing good. 
Yeah, they're playing well, and you're right. It's Flaherty especially. He's got a zero seven six ERA <laughs> the second half of the season. He has been the best pitcher in the league the second half. By the way, Lucas Giolito, Max Freed, who's sixteen and four, and Jack Flaherty were on the same high school baseball team <laughs> at the same time. So Giolito got hurt after his first start. So he was kind of off the team there, but Jack Flaherty came up and took his spot in the rotation as a sophomore, and Max Freed told me, he's the greatest high school pitcher I've ever seen. No one could hit him. And now that's the case uh, in the big leagues, at least at the moment. But, but bottom line is, Pat, I went looking for MVP candidates the other day from all the contenders. And with all due respect, I couldn't find a top 10 St. Louis Cardinal other than maybe Jack Flaherty because yeah. – They've done it so quietly, and they've done it in such a way where so many people are contributing, but nobody is having a great year there, and yet that team has finally taken off. Yeah, they're, uh, I mean, I don't, do they, do, I, I should have looked. Uh, do they have another series with the Cubs, or are they done with each other? I think they're done with the Cubs. So okay. I don't think there's any doubt they are going to win that division. And it brings up an interesting point, Pat. I mean, would you rather play the Cardinals, who seem to be mildly beatable, or would you rather play the wild card team? I mean, in other words, if you're the Dodgers, would you rather play the, the Nationals with that starting rotation if they make the wild card, if they win the wild card game, or would you rather face the Cardinals? I'm not quite sure about that. Very interesting question that is going to come up here pretty soon. Hey, O's and Tigers, I believe, this week. Uh, I think it was the 13th through the 16th, or, you fly, or 13th through the 15th. You flying in or not? Uh, <laughs> so the Man. Orioles and the Tigers are both going to lose way over 100 games this year. I was struck by something with the Orioles, Pat. They are going to be 50 games under 500. They are. They went under. I think they went 50 under the other day. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think at the end of the year, they're going to be 50 under. Yes. And that'll be two years in a row. So, I went looking for teams that had in their history consecutive years where they were 50 under. And at some other point in their history, consecutive years where they were 50 over. <laughs> yeah. which is, the Orioles were in 69 and 70. Yes. The first team I checked were the A's, the Connie Mack A's, yeah. of course, early 1900s. They had several 50 games over, and then like 10 years later, they had several 50 unders. So it just shows you things can change in a hurry, especially in baseball. Yeah, I don't know about the artists. I, I did point this out the other day when the Twins reached 48 road victories. That was more than Baltimore and Detroit total. Yeah. Total. Yes. Not not to get overly serious here, but this is a really bad thing for baseball when teams are this bad. When something is considered an upset, when Detroit beats the Astros, (laughs) it's an upset. Again, that gets us too close to football. We don't want to go there in baseball, but the way it is set up now with teams tanking, whatever you want to call it, trying to rebuild. It's not healthy when a team wins a game over another team in baseball and you go, boy, how did that happen? In baseball, it's supposed to happen that way. I think what I heard, Tim, was that uh, Houston opened, uh, Verlander opened at minus 425. 
which you had to bet four hundred and twenty-five dollars. You had to risk to make a hundred, and but it went up to five hundred before he. You had to bet five hundred to make a hundred, and the Tigers beat him. But I wouldn't have bet my life savings on the Tigers that night. That's for sure. Yeah, Tigers Orioles. Uh, I, I live here, and I don't think I could go to that game. <laughs> okay. I think that's just too much for me. Tim, thanks. Talk to you in a couple of weeks, sir. Okay, Pat, see you. All right, the great Tim Kirkjian, and uh, we'll be back next week. Ricey and Manny on baseball with uh, Buster Olney and mm-hmm. a cast of thousands next week. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Thanks for listening.